So I just want to let you guys know if at any point you want to pay me money for my face or anything like that, you just let me know, okay? CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, new sports, new sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin's eights in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, June the 30th, the craziest month of football recruiting, craziest, craziest off-season month of football recruiting that I can ever remember uh, is over. That includes that, that one year where Virginia got like 11 commitments in like seven days or some nonsense. Um, it has been quite an eventful month, uh, and we will discuss that. On this here program, uh, we will also get into name, image, and likeness. And if if at any point during that conversation, it kind of sounds like we're all sort of just stumbling around in the dark, there's a reason for that because everybody starting tomorrow will be stumbling around in the dark. There will be a handful of programs that will have their stuff together, and you're going to see it, and it's going to kind of unfold that way, and you're going to go, wow, they were really on it. Um, and then there are going to be a handful of those who don't. And I don't know how much of an actual disadvantage that's going to be, but we're going to discuss pretty much all that. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First up in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the program. What's going on, my dude? Not a whole lot. It's good to be back. Um, if I'm rusty, I apologize. I think it's. I think I've missed like two in a row or something. Well, that's pretty substantial. So I, uh, I've just been goofing off. Like, yeah, <laughs> you've been getting Taking reps in the bullpen. Or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who days on the board at? Who days on Twitter? And up in uh, Loudon, staff writer Justin Ferber also back on the program. How's it going, man? Good to be back. Um, glad to have Dave back from the health and safety protocols. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I think. Yeah. Um, said I think. Yeah, I don't know what our policy is for since we're already socially distant for the podcast. I don't know if, if COVID would make us have to sit out or whatever. But um, <laughs> still at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter though. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and I'm guessing some retweets of kids announcing sponsorship deals in the next few days, weeks, and months. Um, before we get into that, let's let's go back to the recruiting front. Um, I, I think it's been an interesting month for Virginia on a vari- in a variety of ways. One is the number of kids who have come through, not just total, like that's not really, that's you know not always the, the best idea, right? But it's more about like which kids came through, what positions had a lot of uh, recruits come through, Certainly, it's going to be a smaller class. Certainly, there are a handful of positions that are going to have the lion's share of the spots. Dave, as you look back over this month, how do you feel that Virginia did, um, both in terms of the commitments they got, but as, as in addition to the kids that they brought on? Do you like what you saw? Are you a little nervous at certain spots? How do you feel coming out of June? And I feel pretty good. I mean, you know, building up the lines is good. You know, that, that's where the game is won. Um, you know, Clearly, they they seem to have you know Tuje seems to have stepped it up on the on the recruiting you know the offensive line you know there's a little gap in there what sophomore class maybe it's not as you know not as deep as you like to be like it to be but 
you know, adding some depth and then you start layering that, you know, with the addition of Brown today, like, you know, that's starting your class two years from now and you got Gentry coming in to help. Gentry will come in next year, if I remember correctly, with these guys or the other commitments from this class. So kind of stacking the OL, you know, what you need to do. And, you know, and, you know, it seems like whatever they're doing, you know, um, on the, on the official visits, it, it's either they're picking the right guys to recruit who are going to respond to it, or they're doing a good job where it's their presentation on the weekends. It's kind of well received by everyone because look, rarely do you hear any bad or interviews about official visits. Cause they probably just don't call you back in that situation. But you know, it seems everyone's connecting. Um, you know, I like where the class is. If there was one position, I'd like some more, you know, some more traction with its defensive back. Um, Right, right. But for some reason, you know, the the Mike it's like the anti Mike London classes where we had you know twelve <laughs> DBs and no quarterback <laughs> offensive line. Um, if we could get some of those that DB action from then with what they have, I'd feel a little more confident. But um, I mean, I feel like in some ways this class is gonna the success of this class may hinge on where one certain player decides to go, and I think that's probably unfair. I think adding him will will make this a great class, but I think it's a very solid class to start with. Yeah, I think that's a real actually that's a really good way to frame it, right? That what happens with Zach Rice will in a lot of ways it'll be like the first line of the story, but the but the bulk of it, right? The bulk of this class, the what how it sort of pans out, you know, uh, it's going to be outside of him. He would he would obviously make the class significant. Um, you know, Virginia has not done very well one, obviously with five-star kids, two, with in-state highly rated offensive linemen, um, you know, uh, last year with Logan Taylor, like that's the first one where you where the the Cavaliers are really able to to get that traction. Um, you know, he he obviously that's a huge piece, and I don't mean that um, just because he's an offensive lineman. I mean in terms of, you know, I think you get a kid like that, and that speaks to. Um, it speaks to sort of where your program is, especially because he does have all of those things that would would give you the kind of let the kind of like foot in the door that that idea of like the leg up with a kid because he is a legacy because he's an in-state guy there. That's the kind of five star you're supposed to get when you're not a you know, a five star factory um, beyond that, though, I think that the success of the offensive line in general is a huge storyline for this class. Um, you know, I, I think the Brown kid is, um, is a pretty solid pickup. Obviously, you know, when, when you get through, you know, you go on visits and you pick up an offer here and an offer there and an offer there, they're not offering you off film. They're offering you because they saw you in person. And I tend to think those offers, not necessarily that the other ones are, are always, um, you know, going to vanish or whatever. But I do think that when, when a coach sees you in person and says, yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. I want, I want that guy. Uh, I just feel like it has a little bit more weight. And so I, I I like the kids film. We, 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 we're a little bit late to get him rated, but he got a three star rating at a five, five. Um, so he's pretty solid kid. Um, I love his attitude. I mean, (laughs) dude was all about hitting somebody in the mouth. Um, when I talked to him the other night, but between him and Meadows to, to get the, the offensive line class started, uh, six six two seventy six three two eighty. Um, they're probably going to take four or five in this in this class. Um, you know, if they get Anderson and and Rice both, I mean, you know, build a statue of two J somewhere. Um, the trick, of course, is you know turning them you know into 
um, you know, quality offensive lines and that kind of thing. But overall, I think it's a it's a solid group. And if they're pro- they're probably about halfway through the class at this point, right? Um, they've got nine total commitments at this point. Um, obviously, one of them, Brown, is going to be a, a future kid because he's taking the two year um, break for the mission. But um, overall, really, I, I mean, I think it's a really solid group. Um, Ferber, as you've watched this thing unfold this month, what's your general sense of how well the class is sort of stacked up, and how do you feel like Virginia's done? on the official visit front and the way they handled June. Yeah, I think Dave kind of hit it. Like, it seems like maybe more so than in past years. I know that, you know, they've had hot stretches in the past and other, you know, recruiting classes, but it feels to me like they haven't necessarily, like, landed a bunch of commitments from everybody that comes on official visits. Obviously, there's been a few, including the one today, but um, it seems to me like when guys are leaving, UVA is, like, at the top or near the top. Um and obviously they're not going to be the pick for every single guy, but I mean, you did an interview with, um, artists, was it last week or earlier yeah, this week? Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, like, that's the kind of guy, like, I don't know if they'll get him, but like, you know, they're, they're in a position to where like, you can't completely rule it out. Right. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of cases like that. And, and I haven't always felt like UVA has been able to have that much traction coming out of the visits and, and clearly they're still getting guys. I mean, it's not like they're not getting commitments, but I've just been impressed with like, they're like at or near the top for a lot of players, a lot of good players. Um, and you know, it, it, the, you're only going to have so many spots, but I think that, you know, the, we talk about classes in the, you know, we, we've mentioned this before, but, um, it's not just what you do. I mean, over the course of time and in the, from a PR standpoint, it really does matter what you do at the top of the class. Um, you know, short-term wins. Eventually, I mean, that usually does pay off as most of those players hit. But um, I think just as important is like the depth at the bottom of the class, right? And it seems to me like if they can get a lot of these guys that they're coming out of these visits, like, ah, UVA's in my top two, top three, Um, you know, like I'm I'm deciding in a few weeks and they're in my final three or four. Um, if they can continue to like have that momentum from these visits and actually close out some of these commitments, it seemed like they're pretty close. The bottom of the class is going to be really, really strong, which at the end of the day, I think is just as important when you're trying to build a roster with through depth and, you know, potentially have freshmen come in and play right away. Um, You know, on special teams or whatever it is. Um, It it seems like, I I think uh, from like a big picture standpoint, I think a lot of the concerns that we had early on or like maybe right after Bronco took the job before he started recruiting, I don't really have those concerns anymore. I mean, I I know that we never really felt like UVA was going to start, you know, reeling in all these five stars once the staff got there, but I'm no longer worried that they won't be able to get ACC level players after what they've done in the last few cycles. And then, you know, seeing them sort of like capitalize on the momentum they've gained from on field wins. Um, but I, yeah, I think this class has the potential to be their best one. That's a good point. Like the when the when this staff came across the Mississippi, right? It was a whole, you know, they've only, you know, only Hagens had recruited anywhere remotely close. Um, over the years, obviously, they still have not yet really cracked into the state of Virginia in this class so far. Nine commitments, two of them from guys in state. Um, obviously, they've got some big targets that are in state. But realistically, yeah, they have a at, chance to really like change that this year. They, like. they do. They do. And and that's one of those things. It's like that's a one piece of the narrative. You know, if you, you, you the thing about Zach Rice is what you can do is if you get him, you're probably going to get one other in-state guy who kind of comes with him, so to speak, a guy who's kind of in his um, kind of in his orbit, so to speak. Right. 
And in if that happens, you change a couple of narratives, right? There's the in-state piece. There's obviously the the five-star piece. Um, but then again, you know, to your point, it's it's always been a, a question of not just could they recruit um, the area, but could they get the right players from, you know, this region, from, you know, the various sort of, um, you know, hotbeds for, for players that UVA would historically recruit, right? And if you look at what they've done in various other states, they figured out ways to su- kind of supplement their in-state drought and make it so that they can, you know, the program never really saw sort of that kind of step back. Uh, and we've we've clearly seen that once they get these guys in, if there's a you know if there's a good amount of clay, they're going to mold them right. They're they're pretty good at developing guys and turning them into something. Um, you know, Charles Snowden had a lot of athletic ability, but I mean, he was kind of a flyer uh, coming out of high school, right? Um, the more talent you give him, you give him a guy like Bryce Perkins. You know, he plays pretty well. You give him a young guy, you know, who who you know think about like uh, Nick Jackson, right? Nick Jackson had a pretty solid recruitment. He wasn't like a you know, a rivals 100 guy, but he certainly wasn't, you know, a nobody, you know what I mean? He had a pretty solid recruitment. Virginia was, you know, had really had to fight to get him. And, and clearly he's, he's done well uh, in his time um, on, on grounds. I think when you look at this class, the thing that I, I most like about it is there is a balance that's growing. The issue of course is the, the elephant in the room is the defensive backfield in the sense that they just don't have the cornerbacks right now that they need. And they don't have, it is at least doesn't seem like it. They have not been able to get the, um, to get the traction with the cornerbacks that they really need. Uh, Osbury is going to be interesting. And in, in because he's such a highly sought after kid, that one's, it's tough to see that one ending for UVA um, and them getting the call. But if you look elsewhere, um, I don't want to be Jeff Bezdelic and say like, Oh, if you look past the 26 to one run, we were in the game. But um, I mean, Dax Woody is really, was really good. Right. Um, I, I think Davis lane is an interesting kind of quarterback for them. Uh, I think Bracey's really good. I think Carson Gay, if you watch this film, you know, there's a lot to like about his frame. Certainly he fits sort of what they've looked for at that position. Um, I already talked about Brown. Um, you know, Holmes is a kid who seems to fit what they like to do as well. So there's a lot to like about this class in general. And certainly what they've done with in, in June, not just that they've got, you know, four commitments or whatever it is, um, but there are a lot of guys who took visits that I think that they're in the driver's seat for. Um at least as of now, um, a lot of decisions to come up soon, right? Artists is one. Um, Rice will be de- deciding in the not too distant future. It feels like, um, you know, if they're able to, um, you know, to get him and, and Fisher Anderson, for example, like that's a that's a program changing offensive line class. If you think about it, um, you've got multiple tackles, you've got a guard. Um, you know, it's just it's it's a nice mix of of. Um, you know, a nice mix of ratings and rankings and things like that. Like it's a, it's a great group. Um, Dave, let's go back to you. What have you not liked about their June? What's, what is it just cornerback? Is that the, is that the place where your, uh, where your anxiety just kind of sits? And, and if, and if that piece was there, you, you wouldn't have much to complain about. Yeah. I mean, so it's hard. I mean, I wouldn't say if there's anything I don't like, I, I'd, I'd like to have a cornerback, but I also don't know where they are. Right. Like, I mean, the fact that you know, media hasn't been around the team. We haven't seen the team in person, and for you know, me, the, we the fans haven't seen them. Um, they really didn't get on the road, you know, for a year plus. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they got some transfers. We we know this. <laughs> the staff is not, you know, it, it's not surprising if we if we get a release in the next day or two, they've added a transfer. Um, that's just the way it's been. So, um, and you know, until the class is over, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I, you know, I'm not I'm not happy with it. Um, 
but I mean, I do, I do like the the momentum they have right now, and it's just a matter of keeping it. Um, and honestly, it's a matter of, as we'll talk about later, like what tomorrow changes uh, in the recruiting game. Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like where they are. And, you know, I think we have proof now of, after, you know, four to five, what's, this is B Broncos fifth year, right? Um, Tom flies when you're old, you know, he's, I think he's got a, a you know message he can pitch to guys, you know, all that when he first got here, if you think about it, he, he's pitching hey, this program has been terrible um, you know, for, for years. And we were coming off, you know, his first year, a two win season, but I'm going to come in here. You're going to earn your number. I'm not going to promise you anything and blah, blah, blah. That's a pretty tough recruiting pitch, right? Um, now that you've got some success with that pitch and with that, you know, that culture you've built and you've got guys who are, you know, are selling the, you know, their future replacements on their recruiting trips. Yeah. Like these guys didn't lie. They, they said this, they delivered. I think, you know, you're starting to see that momentum. Um, whether this is the class you see it really pay off or not is to be determined. Um, but given the, you know, the, given the number of roster spots and what they're thinking with the roster, we don't know how many spots they truly have anyway. So that's it. You know, I'm really happy with the foundation and whether that cornerback comes from the transfer portal or, you know, or the recruiting, you know, from high school, I don't think it really matters. Um, and I have, I have faith that they'll address it just given what we've seen every year. Year six for Bron- Bronco. By Year six. Sorry. Yeah. I was doing the math in my head. Yep. <laughs> I really does fly. It does. It really fly. does. Ferber with Dave makes an interesting point there, right? The transfer portal versus traditional recruiting. Do you care? Like, do you care how they figure it out? Like, would you, do you think that it's problematic that they uh, have, have been addressing a lot of these needs um, with transfer guys? Or do you think this is just kind of a, a symbol of the new world order, which is all right? We can't find something in in, in high school ranks. We're gonna we're gonna hit the portal hard. How, what's your what's your general feel for how Virginia is going to need to use the portal at least in this class and, and probably for a couple more? Well, you know, I always say two things can be true at the same time. Um, <laughs> is, that a, is that is that is that you? You said that. <laughs> you said that, huh? I'm just that's is a company line. It's a company um, line. <laughs> No, um, it's the it's the Cavs corner methodology, folks. I, I think that like, if you're just like getting players in the transfer portal is you know just not the way we want to do it. I think that's just a short sighted approach, and nobody's really taking that approach anymore. Even though, if you really think about it, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like there was a time not too long ago, especially with quarterbacks, and I, you probably still see this somewhere. But there were a lot of fans, um, not just UVA fans, but just in general, that were like anti getting quarterbacks from that because they're like why can't we just develop our own quarterback yeah right um and it's like this is just a short-term fix and eventually it's going to be a problem i think there is some truth to the transfer portal in that sense that like um so like when you bring in a freshman um unless it's like a you know transcendent talent um most of the time for football you know you're you're expecting them to maybe play special teams. Maybe you luck into a Lavelle Davis here and there that can contribute a lot right away. And then over the course of two, three years, they develop into a starter and maybe a star. Um, when you get a transfer, especially a guy that's like immediately eligible after like three years playing somewhere else. So like Josh Hayes, for example, from, from North Dakota state, they didn't bring him in to like not play. I mean, like he's, he's going to have to, you know, I'm not saying like they won't be good if he's not good, but like they expect him to come in and compete at least to start right away. So, um, and, and that's why he's here too. Right. I mean, that's what he wants. So 
I think the risk is more there if you're depending on the transfer portal year in and year out to to produce a team. If you fill your needs here and there with guys out of the transfer portal, like I think you can get by that way and it's fine. And ultimately, like if the transfers are good and and can come in and play right away, make an impact, um, you know, they're more valuable in a sense in the short term. I mean, like D'Angelo Amos came in. I mean, he wasn't like I'm not saying he's gonna like go down as some like UVA legend or something for his one year, but I mean that guy certainly made a bigger impact than like any freshman safeties did last year. Right. So, um, I mean, if you can bring in a guy like that in the short term, it can make a big difference, but I think ultimately you still need to develop players and get guys that are planning on being there for four years and you can, you can watch them get better over time because, um, as we all know, the transfer portal is not an exact science. Um, you know, we've seen that with other positions, not cornerback really, but with other positions, um, you know, there's guys that you expect to be really good and they come in and they're fine. Sometimes they're not good at all. Sometimes, you know, the guys that, you know, you think they're going to be okay, end up being really good. Um, so, I mean, I think that you just can't, that can't be the end all be all of the strategy, but if you're not supplementing your team with guys out of the transfer portal, like everybody else, then you're probably missing the boat. One thing that's interesting about the portal discussion, right. Is you, you your point about the the quarterback thing is so spot on. That seems like, I mean, that was only like a couple, you know, a few years ago. It feels like a generation, right? Like, doesn't it feel like the idea that, like, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, like, go out and get a transfer quarterback? Why would you do that? Um, now it's I like. I think people oh, were like, they won't be able to learn the offense quick enough. Yes, there was like this that. whole, just, and there was also yeah. this, like, cultural thing about being, it was, a, it was, it was very specific. It's like you're trying to take shortcuts. Like, exactly. It's like, oh, you can't, you, you can't just get by on, on these, these Snickers bars. You know, you, you got to have a, a better meal. You know, and I'm not saying that Snickers bars are the end all be all. I'm just saying that, like, clearly what Virginia did at quarterback to get to where the Cavaliers are now has worked. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to look to the portal again. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what position you're talking about. You know, they have looked at guys at that position to bring in. Um, if you think about a defensive back right now, you know, Virginia obviously has, you, you know, some some needs in terms of improved play over a year ago i think there's no doubt about that and they've gone out and gotten guys to do just that think about uh anthony johnson bringing him in from um from louisville uh obviously you know bringing in um hayes as well i mean like they 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 clearly understand that they need to go out there uh and and get guys who can play that position um i i can't say that i that i see it changing i think one one trick though is that if you look across sort of the positions where recruiting has had success, it, it tends to be in places where, one, there are a lot of guys who have very clear um, roles, def, you know, kind of defined careers that are kind of coming to an end. Look at the offensive line. It's easy if you're Touje, honestly, to go out and say, hey, man, I got I got all these dudes that are about to graduate, right? Um, and I, I think that's a, that's a piece of it is that cornerback's just not – like who if you're if you're just like a regular recruit, how do you know what Virginia's cornerback situation is? Right? You don't. And right now, I think honestly, Virginia doesn't know what Virginia's cornerback situation is. And beyond that, which is kind of an important part of this discussion too, is like what happens with the numbers? Right? The NCAA still hasn't said what happens after this season with the number of scholarships they, that that a team has. They still haven't said what happens with all those dudes who have all this extra year of eligibility. Are they just waiting for schools to sort of you know. Um, trim the fat here and there as they need um, are, are guys expecting to play an extra year if they've been there you know they were just you know maybe this was their first or second year 
Um, so, I mean, there's a lot that has to get shook out there. And, you know, Bronco has talked a lot about the portal. He sees the portal as a, um, you know, as a really potential negative, not just for the sport, for a lot of the kids who are in it, because a lot of the kids who go into it do so because they're just, they're just hoping, you know, for, for something else. And when you have so many other guys doing the same thing, it's tough. But then again, you're going to find dudes who, who land out of that thing and it works. Think about all the guys, basically all the dudes that Virginia has had thus far, just about all of them have been, you know, quality additions. I mean, the Cavaliers have a nice hit rate for those dudes that other schools I bet would love to have. But in terms of traditional recruiting, you're not going to stop recruiting, you know, cornerbacks, but you're surely not going to stop recruiting them out of the portal either way. I think the portal is here to stay, at least for the foreseeable future, um, until the NCAA decides to change things. And speaking of the NCAA deciding to change things, man, that is the best segue I've ever given myself in the history of the show. Starting tomorrow, name, image, and likeness. Um, should should we should we try to explain what that means, uh, or do we think people have a general idea at this point? Basically, Neil, what I'm uh, <laughs> Neil, yeah, basically no more than I do. <laughs> basically, uh, meaning that players would be able to essentially be compensated for the fact that they play football, basketball, what have you. Right. That, you know, Bob's car dealership can put, you know, um, Brad Franklin on on his uh, uh, on his car dealership and, you know, pay Brad Franklin some money. That's the most I've ever referred to myself in the third person. And then well, also like they could they could do that now. They're just choosing not to. <laughs> so the, the question becomes, what does it look like? What does it mean? And what does it do? Um and honestly, I don't know if anybody can answer any of those questions. The way that the NCAA was was sort of forced and, and sort of stumbled into doing this and then to essentially just let it be sort of the wild, wild west in a lot of ways. Like the, it's up to the schools to decide how the schools are going to do it. Spoiler alert, how, whatever that is, Virginia is going to do the most conservative thing possible. Um, you know, I, I at this point... You have to think, because Virginia tends to be pretty good with social media and that kind of thing, that there will be a lot of that. And they already started to do some of that. You know, they, they were pushing these follow Fridays where they'd have videos with the kids and put their Twitter out there and stuff. I think you're going to see a lot more of that kind of stuff where they sort of um, they sort of try to get the kids to be a little bit more front and center. Um, now, as a media person, I can't help but wonder, when are schools going to start to realize that players are going to want to be available to media? Right now, I'm not saying they're going to be up there at a press conference with a Coca-Cola in front of them like Nick Saban. Right. I'm not saying that. But kid would love to do an interview where he can wear a shirt that sends people to, you know, to Bob's Burgers or whatever. Uh, Probably not Bob's Burgers. That one's probably really a niche thing. But TV show. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, I just was trying to think of random establishments and just Bob's Burgers popped out. Um, But no, do you see what I mean? Like for for schools, making these kids available now is it's got to be part of their, you know, part of the way that the kids look at the calculus of the whole thing. Like, granted, you want to be at a place with a lot of alumni who can, you know, get you hooked up with, you know, this opportunity or that. But realistically, like, the schools are going to have to play a part in that, not just pushing kids on social media, not just, you know, getting them, you know, out there more, but also, too, like, making them more available to, to sort of media entities in general. Because a lot of these schools – that sort of access has started to dwindle, right? No more open locker rooms, you know, everything. And I mean, obviously in COVID times, like that makes sense. But even yeah. before that, right, you're only getting, you know, a hand, like two or three players after each game. Um, 
you know, you get a couple of guys during the week, that kind of thing for football, for basketball, you know, you're getting a couple of guys each game. If you're lucky, they used to give us guys at UVA, at least, you, you know, we get them in, in the, uh, in the, in the, um, um, well, whatever that little room was called in, in JPJ, we get them basically individually, the film room um, and yeah, then the, the Cavalier Club or whatever. The Cavalier Club. That was what I was going for. Just step. I don't even know if that's what it's called, but we're, that's it what was. Yeah, it. yeah, it was. So we, we used we used to get them in, in a group. Right. So we could go and you could talk, you know, a guy and then move over and talk to another guy. And so there was not there was a lot of variation in terms of what the different outlets got. Well, then they started bringing them all to the podium, which is, yeah, un- more uniform. But then everybody's got the same eight quotes. And, you know, if you're a kid, like maybe you like it better. I'm not sure. But if you're trying to get yourself out there, maybe that's not the way you want to do it. So I do think there's a piece of this where schools have to sort of figure out not just like how they're going to handle all the other stuff, but then like what role do they play in helping the players? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So here's the thing, though, like you've got the opposite, right? There's going to be some kids who use this to start their own YouTube channel and get monetized. And they're going to have people who are paying them for their their insight into gameplay. So they don't want to give it away for free to the local media if they can have it on their YouTube channel where you got to click to watch it, right? So it is going to be interesting to see how this plays out with with schools that do have media availability for their players. For those who choose to have or for those who sign deals that that information is exclusive to the brand they're with or the channel, you know, or their YouTube, you know, the guys helping them make their YouTube channel. So like this it's going to be like Wild Wild West, Wild Wild West is the easiest way to describe it because, and look, I think eventually it'll all kind of fizzle out. There's, you know, at first it's going to be craziness. Um, You know, for old, older guys like me, it's going to be difficult to watch at times. And there's going to be, as we've talked about before, there's going to be some kids who learn a lot of lessons about the business world. Um, You know, 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 I was texting you guys about it today, but if you've got a brand deal with someone to, push their brand on social media and you you guys follow these social same accounts I do like these are kids sometimes they just they post something which means something to them but you know if it ticks off someone <laughs> you know someone important to that you know to that advertiser whoever's working for them they might lose that contract so it's going to be it's going to be the- interesting or they could write into the contract that they can't post anything with like profanity or something like yeah yeah and then you like up front like- <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of them will because I'm, these people, I guarantee you, these companies that have a min, you know many, many millions of dollars to spend have, have done, you know, have, have looked into this well before tomorrow. Um, so, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know what it's going to ultimately do to the landscape. Uh, I was a little more, it's going to ruin, ruin sports than I am now. I still think it's going to make it, I don't think it's going to help the issues we're seeing with transfers and you know, player, you know, and players leaving if they don't get to play right away, and the relationships that, you know, the pressure for a player to see the field if he's getting a, you know, he's, I know they can't be paid for performance, but come on, they're not paying them to be the third string quarterback, right? Um, right. So, like, it's well, going to be interesting is, to see how that plays out. Yeah, and then I was going to say is like this is that place where the school has to come in, right? You've got player X. Player X has you know X number of um, so of followers on Twitter, for example, right? That player has more followers. That player can sign better deals, right? And yeah, I think the schools are going to want. Maybe they won't want to right away. It makes sense to me that they're going to be like, "What is this?" You know, there 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 are a lot of people listening to this podcast right now 
who are like, wait, what is happening? And the reality is, is that on, we, a lot of us, we, we, we don't know. Like we, we understand like the basics, right? Um, I'll, I've got a, an AP story pulled up that kind of talks about like sort of explaining how, like how they got there. But basically there are, there are things that, that kids can't do, right? Um, in certain states, at least in Virginia right now, there is no actual legislation that says like, for example, in Texas, you know, kids aren't going to be able to, um, to endorse like, um, vapes or e-cigarettes or, you know, uh, another one I saw steroids or whatever. I think it was Kentucky. It might've been Florida or Kentucky. I can't remember. One of those schools basically said that they're not allowing their players to, um, you know, work with brands that oppose the brands that they themselves work with, which actually, right. I mean, makes sense. So like they can't like, you know, a player for Kentucky can't like sign a deal right. with like a Adidas. Right. Exactly. Or if they have like a Coke sponsorship, he can't be exactly. like peddling Pepsi, you know, right. And all, and, and that's an, and that's one, and that's a good place to point out that all of these things have to go through the school. So like player X can't be taking money from Bob's burgers. If he doesn't tell the school, Hey, I'm taking money from Bob's burgers. Right. Like, yeah, because they probably have to, to go be, through compliance and all that right, stuff. Right, in the loop. Now, players are allowed via um, the NCAA action today to basically sign agents to help them in the in this process. So where we always think of college sports and, well, you sign an agent, you're done. Well, that, that piece kind of changed with going through the draft process and the NCAA saying, like, hey, you can actually work with an NCAA-approved agent to go through your workouts and things. If you decide to come back to school, you're not going to you know, lose that year of eligibility or you lose your eligibility in general. Same thing sort of with, with this, right? So if you have, you know, representation essentially to help you get these deals, um, then that's allowed as long as it works through. Um, it has school. to be an advertising agent. It cannot be a sports agent. Correct. So, an advertising um, agent. So when I say agent in that respect, yeah. I don't mean, you know, it's basically a professional. Somebody, somebody who works professionally in that industry. Right. Exactly. Um, but beyond that, like, like some people we know may have gone and become that, right? Yeah. My, my, yeah. my former Virginia staff member. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that one of the things that, that, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks who are attached to football who have, who have been seeing this come for a while, right. Um, who have, who have wondered, you know, when it was finally, when that dam was going to break. Well, it, it did. And it's interesting to me that in the States like Virginia, where there was no legislation, it's you're you're essentially even more free if that makes any sense. Whereas for a while it looked like if you didn't have legislation, you weren't going to be able to. You know, it's like if uh, if your state had not approved, um, you know, uh, like the the gambling apps, right? If your state had not said yes, you can do that, then you just couldn't do that. But now it's like, oh, not only did your state not say that you could do name, image, likeness compensation, but because you you didn't have whatever the NCAA said, yep, no, everything's good by July 1st. So now you're free to do whatever you want, at least within the confines of what the school would allow you to do. Um, I'm it's also worth noting that these are interim guidelines, right? Like, correct. I mean, it's yes. Just, they, it, the NCAA basically just punted it and said like, okay, like we'll, we'll get back let, to that. Let right. it happen for now. And then we'll figure something out. Later. Um, so here's, here's my question. How long is it going to be until some kid gets sued? Right. Because they, you know, some breach of contract, you know, uh, they didn't tweet enough of the the stuff that they're supposed to tweet. They didn't put it on their Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is going to be good for the players. And anybody who's listening to this podcast for any length of time understands that we have we have been pretty consistent on this, which is like, hey, man, like some some form of compensation wouldn't be a bad thing. Right. 
Um, we don't want to, we're not real big proponents of like destroying the entire like college model, but also too, like it's kind of messed up that these kids can't earn anything while schools make a whole lot of money off of them. Um, this is going to be a thing. I, I mean, I don't know how long it'll take, but there will be, you know, discrepancies and there might even be discrepancies with the school. You know, you signed this deal, uh, and didn't let us know about it, you know? So now you're, you're, you know, you, that kid can't play. There are going to be a lot of guys who are going to make some mistakes in this. And I think that's one of the places where the NCAA punting on it for so long, not just like now, but like for the last couple of years, it's, it's going to put some kids in a tough spot because they're going to make mistakes. And hopefully you, you, you hope that the adults at the various institutions will know, you know, how to help them sort of, you know, walk through that minefield and there are going to be some really unscrupulous people out there who are going to try to, you know, to get something for free to, to take those, you know, however many thousand Twitter followers or however many people on Instagram or whatever and make the most of them. Um, but beyond that, as somebody who, who typically has to, you know, um, keep track of these kids on social media for, for work, I can tell you that like they will be all over this if given the opportunity and anybody who follows kids, <laughs> your Twitter feed is about to change a lot. Um, I mean like half the basketball players or more, maybe all of them tweeted the thing that was like, Hey, I'm open for opportunities. Which, Can I just I mean, tell you though that when I first saw that, like that graphic that, you know, that like paragraph graphic that who knows who typed up first, yeah. I was like, this is somebody is getting so screwed because they think this is going to happen and now it actually happened and i feel so stupid for having thought that in the first place um but yeah you're gonna see you're gonna see it and um you know the the range of things that kids can do with their name image and likeness um i don't i don't believe and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong here and if we don't know we'll we'll, we'll follow up next week but i do not believe that the players are allowed to use trademarks beyond the school that they play for so i don't for example like i don't know if they're going to be able to be like in there with other products that they actually aren't compensated for um but they can do you know because i mean like if you you watch like a doritos ad they don't have like a macbook right they don't have like oh, an yeah, iPhone, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. right, nobody cleared that with apple yeah um, there's some like intellectual property stuff exactly like so there's too. some of that but but like it's going to be interesting to see how this all sh- kind of shakes out i think a lot of us on the outside who <laughs> who have no <laughs> Who have no a dog in the fight in in the sense of like, I mean, nobody's coming up to me and saying like, "Hey, Brad, would you like to be on the cover of some Frosted Flakes?" Um, but if you're a kid who has that. a chance to be on the front of some Frosted Flakes, I mean, hey man, but here's the thing. Like, see, see, I think that's that's not it though, right? Like, there's no kid in college football that's going to be on the cover of, col- of Frosted Flakes. Like, it's it's going to be like Bob's top tire alignment. That's yeah, who they're gonna make maybe the money Trevor from. Lawrence or like Zion. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's one in that's what, two 5, out of thousand you know, players thousands or thousands. <laughs> well, Arch Manning can sign something right now. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, and why would you? <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. Like, I mean, I think the ultimate way it's going to look: Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame. I mean, those guys those guys are gonna get nice contracts. They're gonna go there, but they were already going. Right for the most part, but now the question is: Does the second stringer, you know, does the guy who commits as the second quarterback in the class, who's got some brand, you know, it's got good followers and and everything, is he willing to go sit at Notre Dame when he could go start at Duke or start somewhere like that um, and get 
more money from his from his you know his brand. So I think that's where it could even the playing field some. And then you get situations like I can't remember someone was talking about this today, but like Nebraska, um, but you know with no professional sports teams, all these businesses in Nebraska are going to throw their money at Nebraska athletics. So like all of a sudden Nebraska becomes like great. You know, you go to USC, you go to UCLA, but they also have the Lakers and the Dodgers and you know, everyone else, right? Like there's a lot of other advertising dollars to be spent there. Um, meanwhile, like, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska, there's not anything but Nebraska sports, you know, and Nebraska as a whole. So it, it could even the playing field some on the football side. Um, but who knows? Like, I don't think anyone knows. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of kids who think they're going to be millionaires tomorrow who realize that, man, I made 20 grand for all this and I had to you give you know, okay. 10,000 of that. In that's taxes. a really good, that's a really good point. Okay. That's a really good point. But counterpoint, maybe they don't, maybe they don't think they're going to, maybe they think of themselves as millionaires, but when they get whatever they get out of that 20,000, they're going to feel real good because for a lot of these kids. No, 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 know, there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. But you see what I mean? Like you're right. You're right in the sense that like, you know, they're not going to put like some rando kid, you know, from Oklahoma state on a box of frosted flakes. They might put Steven's face on a thing of dipping dots. Right. And I was thinking when, about him this like entire thing. Like, because like he's when a you perfect get in, example of somebody like who went viral basically. Yes, exactly. Like there something. will be kids who do that. And like, whereas his thing was completely, you know, authentic and it just sort of organic and it happened. Right. Kids are going to do this where they're going to like randomly drop names, you know, whether it's Wendy's or McDonald's or whoever, hoping, you know, you know, that something catches on and then they're going to pay them like however much to be like in an ad. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but advertisers are going to be excited about this, right? Because suddenly there's this like vast pool of people that they could not talk to, they could not work with, who now are in the pool. And like, what does that mean for their ability to to put their their product in front of more people? Like, if there's anything, like I go back to when the NCAA changed the rule and said that that college, like that coaches could like text, in like unlimited text, right? They could text as much as they wanted. Right. A lot of us at the time thought, oh, well, you know, they're, you know, they're not going to go crazy with it because, you know, they're just, no. ask them how they work it now. Right. Those kids are in the portal for like half a second and dudes are, you know, texting them. Right. And to be There's, honest with you, they're probably texting them before that. <laughs> well, you're fair. <laughs> let's, but let's, do, let's call a space. Yeah, <laughs> but then, like, and, and then the, if you think, if you think for a second that there aren't multiple people handling multi, that, you know, that coach's phone and texting multiple kids, whatever, you're crazy. Like, they, they, that, that is absolutely happening. Like business and in, and enterprise will find ways to maximize the access that they get to whatever tool they have. Advertisers are going to do the same thing. Like those kids who play for Alabama, those kids who play, you know, the SEC, like in, in especially, but like you can just, it doesn't take long to sort of just like extrapolate it out and go, oh, this is what it's, this is what's going to happen. And we're all going to have to wait and see, you know, what those specifics look like. But Schools are gonna are, are gonna be inundated, I think, with both the local, you know, whoever who runs whatever in 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 that college town, right? And I think you're gonna see whether it's those viral opportunities that businesses are gonna really love to be able to be a part of. You know, there some of them, you know, names that you're obviously super familiar with. They want more people to be more familiar with them. That's the way advertising works, and. 
I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm happy for the kids, but in terms of like what's going to happen next, I mean, man, I have no idea. And I don't think anybody does like every, every story that is written about this has this certain air of like, well, this is kind of what we think it's going to look like. Um, the NCAA not putting really any sort of framework into it and just being like, okay, it can happen. Have a nice day is, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the best case scenario or the worst case scenario, honestly, for the kids, it seems to be great except for the whole, like, you know, you could get sued. Um, I think we should let, I think this is the right approach for now is just to like, see what happens. I mean, it certainly, it certainly does give them a lot of data, you know, that they'll be able to use. I just hope they're on. Yeah. Don't limit it. If it, if it's bad or if it's too far, then, you know, they can always, you know, kind of roll things back a little bit. I mean, you can't roll things all the way back now, but, um, the one thing I will say is like, all right, so like let's play this out. I, this is why I don't think it's that big of a deal for like competitiveness or whatever. So like, all right, so Kihei Clark, for example, I guess he would be UVA's most prof- high-profile basketball player right now. Maybe the most high-profile athlete at UVA. Um, I mean, maybe there's somebody that I'm not thinking of, but um, basketball for sure. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it, it's not going to be a lacrosse player or something. Yeah. Um, and there's no football player right now that has a basketball player's level of cash. Like if maybe if there was like a Bryce Perkins or something, but listen, anyway, let's just say Kyle Teal does not have a deal with somebody for a helmet soon. Shut your mouth. I'm going to be very very frustrated. (laughs) Says, says Dave who owns the sport. Good shot. Who would love to have Kyle Teal on a thing. Got him on Um, speed dial. Man. So wait, wait, pause for, I'm sorry. I don't mean to ruin uh, your, your mojo here. Dave, if you, if you start, if you have guys who like work with you, at the businesses, that mean you can't be on the podcast? What's the rule on that? What do, I don't see why it would affect the podcast. I'm just, I'm just. What well, can he be? Can he be part of a media entity if he's also? You just, do you see what I mean? Are, are we like in a conflict of interest situation? <gasps> Scandal. Okay. Anyway, further continue on. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, Dave you makes had, enough money here, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> he doesn't need the sponsorship money. He's getting um, paid. No. Um, now, what I was going to say is, like, let's play this out. So, Kihei Clark is UVA's probably most profile athlete right now. Like, all right. So, like, let's say at midnight he can sign with somebody. How much money do you guys really think they're giving him? All right, Dave. You're a business owner who is interested in having Kyle Teal. Or let me let me rephrase. You're a business owner who's interested in having this young person who is known for certain things related to baseball equipment. <laughs> what would you be interested? Like, I, I can't imagine. I, mean, I can't even get my mind around, like, what a number is for that. Well, Kihei, let's go to the Kihei. Kihei has 70,000 Instagram followers, right? That's a pretty, that's a big number. That's a lot, yeah. That's um, a bunch. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I mean, you figure, like, he's probably, look, I don't know. I don't know what the advertising rates go, because you don't, Look, people who who make those decisions have a lot better insight into how many of his seventy thousand followers are. Yeah, they can look at it like on a click basis, where it's like how many clicks will he generate to the website from this many views and things like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I would would imagine a lot. If you're going to get Kihei just to like one time post about your product, it's probably thousand to five thousand. Yeah, that you sounds know, right. See, I if feel he's like, going to wear it, it's probably double that. I feel like it depends on what it is, obviously, because he's not going to agree to do anything, but. Yeah. I also think like, I don't know if, if you're like a local Charlottesville business, I don't know if you have $5,000 to be like throwing around to Kihei Clark. Like, oh, but here's the fun part. What happens when the businesses start competing with each other because they're not like UVA enough, right? That's totally going to happen. 
Yeah, somebody's going to put going to lose out. They're going to somebody's going to the tech base. Somebody's going to put some money up there, and somebody's going to start doing ads for them, and then somebody else is going to do it, and it's going to be very much like kind of keep up with the Joneses. Well, you know I, I mean? think Brad, I think you kind of hit on the thing that I think will be the most popular, which will be just promoted content on social media platforms, right? Yep. I mean, it's just Absolutely. like uh, I tweet about Chipotle or whatever, you know. Um, but I just don't, I don't know if the value is there. I don't know if the value is at the level that I think there's going to be some businesses that overpay because they either want to be a part of it or they're trying to do, I think as, as you many, would definitely overpay the next week, hundred yeah. percent. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah and I think, sure. I think yeah. there are going to be some bad actors obviously who are trying to like, you know, unofficially pay players, right. Mm -hmm. To go to the school or whatever. But I also think there's probably going to be some like quote unquote good actors who are like, Oh, this is our chance to like take care of the guys in the community. Like, I don't know if you have some money. Yeah. Did you see any, did you read any of the details on the stuff that came out today? Like that place in, um, guy wasn't that place in Nebraska that promised you know, hundred, yeah, everybody, you know, hundred, yeah. whatever, but it's only like $500 a person. Right. That's what I'm like, saying. I think so that, for five that, those grand, are the kind of deals you're going to get. Yeah. But see that, that's why I think you're going to overpay this week. Cause it maybe it was a thousand dollars for a hundred athletes, but let's say it was a thousand. So, um, I mean, for that money, they got unlimited national exposure today. Yep. Like that's, and everyone that's retweeted it. Exactly. So Everybody anything you do the it. next few days, I think you'll pay more because yeah, because you'll get the articles like going to pick it up. Kyle you'll get like Stuart so Mandel and and Nicole Auerbach retweeting like endorsement deals. Yeah. Um, but like that won't be the case in a year. Now here's what, my question too. Here's, what what role can coaches and 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 staff have in trying to not necessarily get a deal for a specific player, but like okay, if you are um, if well, that would Georgia almost Tech, be cheating, right? If you're Georgia Tech, do you not call Coke and say, "Hey, don't y'all want to do some deals with our guys?" Like, have you not seen all this like hurt, whatever? Like, if you, my are, guess is they don't have to. Well, my, <laughs> my guess, guess is that they don't have to do. But you see yeah. what I mean? Like in these in these areas where like big, you know, if you if you're a boss in college, do you want? Don't you want Dunkin' Donuts? You just see what I mean? Like. If you are in Louisville, I mean, I guess you can make the joke about Papa John's. But anyway. Papa John's, yeah. Um, but you see what I mean? Like in all of these places where, you know, like f if you're going to, you know, you're you're at Florida, you know, Florida orange juice, you know, um, you're Florida, you want to do Gatorade, right? Like there are a lot of possibilities for specific places with specific brands who have a regional appeal, right? Um, and then And then you got some out of the box stuff, like. Virginia's for lovers doing a package with like a handful of players, you know, to do to do ads on tourism. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like that kind of stuff. Actually, Virginia people, Virginia for lovers, whoever runs that stuff, y'all, you you owe me for that. Um, <laughs> but you see what I mean? Like, there's a lot of these things that are just kind of like you don't really think about them, but the more you think about it, it just kind of makes sense. Like, you're gonna see a lot of these. Like, you're exactly right. Like college town businesses, you know, like this Chill. specific sub shop wants to put. <laughs> wants to make a you know wants to make Kihei Clark a sandwich and so then you can put you can actually put Kihei Clark's real face on there for the first time instead of like you know it's not like a insinuated like oh this is the such and such you know what I'm saying yeah um, yeah like little John's gonna, gonna have the sub named after every player and give him a portion of the proceeds from uh, every exactly so with their yeah. name on it. yeah it's like it'll be interesting and then um I mean I think if you want to look at you know a place like Crutchfield Bodo's Bagels like you know obviously they're gonna yeah 
they've got to weigh it though like because is it going to move the needle that's that's okay. what i'm saying Look, right now it's, it's going to move the needle but this is my yeah. next like, question I, I can tell you right now like kyle teal you can you can get a sponsorship deal with him but he's not going to sell you any bats like, that's true no 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 he's not. he knows what he looks like that's you're true that's true well, see, my I, my customer base does that's why yeah, I think yeah, you yeah you're, you're, you're in sort like, of a niche, right you're in a little you're in sort of a niche market but like exactly um but I, I can't know. pay him a million dollars, right? Yeah, and if, <laughs> so if I mean, like, maybe if you're like really close to the universities, you can you can have some people with like facial recognition. But like, if if Brandon Armstrong was in, on like uh, the glory days down the street from me, like on a a poster outside, no, like maybe one out of every like ten thousand people knows who what he looks like. That yeah. Walks yeah. By. All right. Let me ask you this question though. This is this is the one that that I'm also very interested in. I don't know if you guys know this or not. But colleges and universities also have advertising, right? Yeah. They have name naming rights at certain arenas. They have obviously have you know certain partners at games and such that are on the floor or on the stadium. You know they've got ad space here and there. If you're one of those businesses, do you really need that ad space when you can have the actual player do it for you? Right? Like, what's more I beneficial think you do. to you to to have to have a segment during the game at JPJ sponsored by Wachovia, right? Or to have Kihei Clark well, on not an advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I'm using I'm using them specifically because I'm, yeah. I'm I'm trying to make best and I get sued here. But like to have you know Kihei Clark actually talking about yeah you know I, when I came to UVA from you know from California I needed a new bank you know whatever like there are a lot of things you can do with your advertising dollars and we've seen how those change whether it was you know the the change from print newspaper to online. And now, you know, if you are somebody who who advertises for college sports, are are the schools going to take a little bit of a hit? Probably not. Like the big picture, you know, it, whatever hit it will be, it will be pretty small. But in some of these cases, I can see an advertiser saying like, hey, I think we might actually get a lot more bang for our buck getting a direct association as opposed to like, oh, our emblem is in the back, our logo is in the background of the shot on ESPN. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, I guess, you know, the risk version thing is there like you know if you're tied to university of virginia basketball as a whole you're probably pretty safe for the year if you're tied to one player that you, you know key a obviously he's been around for a few years but if you're taking a flyer on the guy you don't know like may maybe you screw up and he has you know something comes out and it's a bad look for you my guess is don't play or anything yeah <laughs> my guess is what you see is instead of just paying x number of dollars to be on the court you know to to have the court naming rights or the sticker on the court now the university is going to say hey if you want to have the court naming rights you're going to need to um come up with brand deals with x number of our athletes for x dollars a year plus pay this so so they're getting both right um and i think if if universities especially the non-alabamas you know the, the non-elite schools are smart they're reaching out to businesses um, saying, Hey, you want a chance to like have a relationship with us. So I can't think of a huge business for, you know, for UVA, but um, let's say, let's say Reddit wanted to <laughs> say, Hey, we're going to, for a million dollars a year, we're going to give you, you know, 700,000 for you to use for recruiting and everything else. And we're going to offer, you know, 20 athletes at Virginia, um, advertising deals with reddit um you know we just want naming rights on the stadium like i think that's how you can all of a sudden turn virginia into a behind the ball with this to an ahead of it right so it's just 
but the dollars have to make sense. Like advertisers aren't going to spend dollars that aren't making clicks. And at some point, if you've got, you know, if you look at the average guy who's following a recruit on social media, he's probably ref- following all of them. If I see 20 of the same ads in a day, guess what I'm going to stop doing? I, I like so, the idea yeah. of having like a six man on the bench for UVA and he's sponsored as the subreddit. <laughs> subreddit. See, that's good. <laughs> if, if anyone from Reddit is listening. All right, UVA's first substitution <laughs> of the night is the subreddit, you yeah. know, whoever. Cody yeah. Stabman. <laughs> mm. yeah, I mean, I Andrew Yavinsky. But what, what I've been like more, obviously there's a lot to figure out. And I, I think everyone's ready for it to be up and rolling. It's, it's going to have some growing pains. There's going to be, it's going to be so many, so many posts tomorrow. They're just, you know, and that's great. Great for the kids. They'll make some money. Um, there'll be lessons learned. Um, I want to see the kid who like really like fleeces the company. Like everybody's oh, giving these like $500 deals and this kid gets like 500,000 for, you know, a commercial. Well, I guarantee he's an SEC kid. That's all yeah. I'll say. Um, but you know, it's like, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think if you want to, if I want to, now, we may have talked about it before, but if you want to look at some negatives built into Virginia that maybe they have to address now, it, it's it's not having a number, <laughs> the same number every year. Like all of a sudden, that might be a much bigger deal than it was. Um, so that might be something. I, you know, I can't see Bronco changing that. People would but, really be confused on the Brendan Armstrong poster at Glory Days if he doesn't have a number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no joke. Wasn't he ninety something before? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. So, because uh, that JMU put out that thing tonight, where they kind of started outlining what their students are are able to do, and they're going to let them use JMU's logos and their jerseys and all that stuff as long as they license it. So, yeah, um, message kid, that means you're giving some money back to the school. <laughs> so it it's like the school like, also gets the exposure in the deal too. Yeah. Know? So I mean, I think if there's one negative for Virginia, other than you know, it, it's just how bad is that not having the same number for four years going to affect a, stu- a kid's brand potential? Um, Cause you can't like, let's say you can't use the V saber. They can't take away a number from you. Right. Right. You, you, you could be, on, you could be Charles shirt. Snowden yeah. 11 on Instagram you can just wear a for four years. Or whatever, yeah. yeah. But if your number is 98, one year, six, the next 42, the following, like that, that could be a problem. I feel like in a few years, this will be something that for the most part, I mean, there will be like the exception, like I said, like a Trevor Lawrence, but like you might see him on ESPN in a commercial or something. Um, But I think for the most part, we'll like forget that this happened. Oh, I think you're right. I think it'll, I think it'll be like, you'll see, I mean, like five years from now, you could see like, you know, Isaac McNeely in a commercial or something or like on a poster, but I, I don't think we'll like think much of it. It's like when remember when teams couldn't retweet recruits and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like acknowledge commitments. Like we don't think about that anymore. Like, yeah. and I mean, this is some... a bigger deal. But you know, I think at the end of the day, for the most part, at most places, like some kids will like do some promoted tweets and there'll be like a random like local commercial here and there and like you know some funny stuff or whatever. And some some teams will definitely find ways to use it to cheat. But they're already cheating the schools that are going to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's the difference? I think and it some may kids will actually make some money, which is good. It it may ultimately have a be- bigger impact on high schoolers than it does college players, um, which is something I really hadn't considered before. Before the NCAA said, "Yeah, prospective athletes can do this too," because um, I think that's your bigger. If you're a company who's not able to pay thousands and thousands of dollars or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, 
aren't you better off swinging for the fence with a high school junior who's showing some promise and starting to get some looks um, that you might hit the hit the lottery, so to speak, and get the guy who turns into a stud and all of a sudden is a talk of the national media, get him locked in cheaper. You could almost, so. Yeah, you could almost not even use him for like a year. Like, yeah, if, if you got like a, in, right? if you got like a five star basketball player or something, you could just like sit on it until he gets to Duke or whatever and then use him. Like, yeah, so it's a lot of interesting wrinkles, but I think what you're going to, if you just, like, it's going to get like Olympic athletes. Like when that, first, remember when they first were able to start doing this, you saw so much stuff, but now like it's obviously that it pops up every four years, but the, the ones we're seeing on TV now for free are bigger than the ones we are going to ultimately see, you know, in paid advertisements. Uh, like there'll be a little bit of money for, for the other guys, but. It's just going to be an interesting locker room when you now, instead of your quarterback, just getting all the ESPN articles, you know, he's also, you know, he's on the ESPN and he's also making six figures a year off endorsement deals while you're living on your stipend. Um, so, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of locker room dynamic changes too. Well, I think that is a very good place to put a pin in it. Um, we will see what the next week brings in all of things name, image, likeness. And, you know, to, to, to the point, we, we might not talk about this much in a year or so, but it'll be very fascinating for the next few weeks and certainly for the first football season. Um, if you are someone who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, you can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you're so inclined, you give us a rating and a review. We appreciate that. Helps to get us out in front of more people. If you are somebody who found the podcast, uh, but you have not given us a look yet at the website, check us out, CavsCorner.com. Let's see. Right now, I've got um, – I talked to, to Joe Brown about his commitment to UVA and sort of what's – you know, not just like what, what was you know what was his thought process, but also um, how was his visit and that kind of thing. Um, Damon caught up with Brian O'Connor to talk about the busy offseason that's ahead for, for his group coming out of uh, their return to Omaha. Um, I also caught up with um, Artie Henry, who is a, a grad transfer wide receiver from Marshall, um, who is now at UVA, who is getting ready for his grad transfer season. Uh, to kind of talk about what it was about UVA that sort of um, you know caught his attention, and uh, we will um, obviously have more coming out of that, um, coming out of this um, this past uh, you know this past month with a. Um, lot of decisions coming up you guys we mentioned Caleb Artis and there's a a handful more um, that'll come soon so definitely give us a look at CavsCorn.com for sure because that will be it's it's not going to slow down between now and uh, football season Um, I want to thank Andy Ludicky for his support uh, myperfectfranchise.net you can check him out online um, if you're interested in talking to him about uh, owning your own franchise He's uh, got a thread on the board kind of giving some 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 kind of like a 101 on that process and that business. So give that a look as well. So, again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Yeah.